Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the Pod. This is the podcast for the Sports and Entertainment Risk Management Alliance. I am Rich Lenkov, your host and also the CEO and founder of Surma. We're very pleased today to have a very special guest, Tim Peterson. Tim is with the law firm of Bober, Peterson & Kobe. It's bpkfirm.com out of California. And Tim handles workers' compensation, uh, sports law, labor and employment, business and commercial transactions and litigation for a variety of clients, but including many in the sports and entertainment space, particularly in sports. So lots of lots of great experience to talk about our subject today, which is um, workers' compensation issues in, uh, in, in sports leagues and among sports clubs, and in particular, how important jurisdiction is in those cases. Tim, welcome to the Sermapod. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, you know, often when you get a case as a defense lawyer, uh, jurisdiction isn't really an issue, right? Uh, that's not something you, you know, spend too much time on. But in workers' compensation, in particular, as it relates to the choice of venue where athletes file their claims, file their lawsuits, that becomes very important. Explain to our listeners why. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In a traditional case, jurisdiction never comes up. But in the context of professional sports, um, it's probably the most frequent issue that we have as it relates to California workers' compensation. California has a, you know, a long-arm jurisdictional statute. And historically, particularly back before 2013, all you needed to do in order to establish jurisdiction in California at the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board was just get off the plane in California. Um, so any out-of-state team traveling to play a California-based club, all of those in the NFL, all those 53 players who exit the plane and go through a walkthrough in the hotel would have been able to establish jurisdiction in California. So what? We've let's subsequently pause, let's pause there because that's a really interesting concept, and you know seems painful to understand unless you deal with it every day like I do. So like you and I do. So, you know, you're in California. I'm in Illinois, perceived to be very liberal jurisdictions. In many ways, they are. Um, why is it that simply because, you know, you step off a plane uh, in a city where you are playing a sport, why does that govern where you can sue or file a claim against your employer versus where you were trained, where you are hired, you know, where your home city is? Why is that? In most jurisdictions, you can file a claim where an injury occurs, and that in California is one of those jurisdictions. You can always file a claim anywhere an injury happens. What's unique about our state is that we have a concept called cumulative trauma. And although many states have this concept, California has a very broad definition of what a cumulative trauma is. And so players who file in California, traditionally file cumulative trauma claims, which will encompass their entire career. From day one, first contract signed, up until the day they are released and never play again, the CT period is their entire career. And so in California, if an individual is injured over the course of their career, and even one day or two days of that was in California, California was saying, well, Part of their injury occurred here, even though it was a very minimal part, part of it happened here. And so the board would allow jurisdiction in those situations. 
We've limited it by statute a little bit. Um, in 2013, we passed some legislation that tried to make uh, it so that the majority or a, or a good portion of your CT had to be related to California as opposed to just getting off the plane one time. But those limitations have been mixed at best as, as it relates to, you know, from an employer perspective, there's still a, a far, a, a great number of cases being filed out here based upon maybe being hired here in California, which is the most common argument we now face. Um, what does it mean to, to enter into a contract of hire? California is going to govern or California is going to assert jurisdiction over any claim of injury where the contract of hire was made in California, even if that injury happens in another state. So the player attorneys will assert that a contract of hire could be done verbally. And of course the clubs are gonna assert that the contract of hire is the written standard uniform player contract. In addition, if there's a, a, a you know, a, a number of games out here, or if there's a, a you know more than 20% of your duty days over your career in California, you're going to be allowed to maintain a viable claim here in California. So I want to get into the contract in a second because that raises some interesting issues. But um, you know, what is the problem with the way that system is set up? In other words, you know, why is it an issue for employers that you can file a claim or pursue a workers' compensation injury? in your state or my state simply because the injury happened there. Um, and one reason, obviously, is is because um, if you're in California and you're manufacturing shoes or you're selling hamburgers, you could quantify generally, you know, with some degree of certainty after doing that for a number of years, how many injuries, how many claims you'll have. You'll be able to budget for that. And more importantly, hopefully, Avoid those problems, right? You'll be able to, well, if I had, you know, 30 injuries in my facility in, in, in Los Angeles last year, I don't want injuries to happen, so maybe I'll do things to avoid them. It's different, though, when you're dealing with sports teams and out-of-state employers because you don't know, really. You can look at some statistics, but it's harder, obviously, to determine your risk and to budget accordingly and to um, pre prevention measures in place. That's one of the reasons I assume that this is problematic in some ways. Absolutely. I mean, risk management uh, is exactly as you described. The, the, the touchstone to rich ma risk management is being able to project and foresee your losses. And so um, because we're dealing with true interstate employers, they're subject to jurisdiction in not just California and not just their home state, but any state that they go to. And so what ends up happening is you've got a system in place, which, in my opinion, can be inequitable on both the player's part and also the part of the employers. From an employer's perspective, it's very difficult to manage your risk. It's difficult to, to determine how many states that policy is going to apply to. It's also difficult to, to purchase insurance and, and, and underwrite insurance when Jurisdiction can be in multiple states and it's difficult to quantify what states are more likely to, to suffer or to have a loss filed in. Most states allow concurrent claims. And so, for instance, I'm dealing with a case that has an ongoing Wisconsin workers' comp claim 
At the same time, we have an ongoing California claim, and they're for the same injury. And so you're, you're now defending in two different jurisdictions. That obviously causes difficulty and causes problems. So from an employer perspective, all of the risk management is difficult. Additionally, there's a competitive balance in equity. As an employer in the National Football League, they have a salary cap. And the Bears, who reside in Illinois, and whose workers' compensation claims can include actual lost wages, which for a professional athlete could be millions of dollars, they're going to be paying out far more in workers' compensation liability than an employer, for instance, who resides in Florida, where their losses are tens of thousands of dollars. So there's a competitive balance uh, issue. And obviously, the league has done everything that they can to try and keep competitive equity. They have salary caps. We have league rules. But in this one area, there can be a wide disparity on your, your resources. And from a player perspective, I believe that it's also inequitable on their end. Why is it that an individual who happens to suffer a knee injury playing in the same league against even the same opponent in Chicago can recover millions of dollars, but if that same injury happens to, to take place because they're employed in Florida, even though maybe they were playing the same opponent, maybe it was the same, the, the same individual who tackled them. In Florida, that injury is worth a couple thousand dollars. So from a player's perspective, there's some inequity as well, in my opinion. I think that, you know, in a perfect world, we develop a system or perhaps go into a federal system which governed and you could then have equity across the board, not only for your players, but also for your clubs. Well, pause there because what you said was really fascinating. And, you know, our goal in the short time we've been doing these podcasts, uh, Tim, is to, you know, tell our listeners something, our viewers something they did not know. And if we've done that, uh, we, we've, we've, you know, we've met our goal. And, and I guarantee you a lot of our listeners and viewers, most of them didn't know that there's this inequity, at least from the, um, you know, team side that, you know, this could literally result in uh, wins and losses, right? If you play it out, you know, if the Bears are paying millions more in dollars than the Buccaneers because there's different um, rules applied in different states, then, you know, guess what? Uh, the Bears have less money to go out and buy a free agent, spend on a free agent, or sign their number one draft pick. Uh, and that really can result in what you see on the field. So, you know, if you think, if anyone thinks this stuff is just, you know, uh, among lawyers or it doesn't really apply, it really can't apply. And we're talking, you know, the exposure is millions and millions of dollars, if not more. So uh, that's a really interesting point. But you talked earlier about the, the CBA and, and contracts. How does that play into, you know, jurisdiction? You would think, for example, that, well, it, you know, this would all be negotiated as part of, the contract and the NFL when they're renegotiating the CBA would deal with this. But the, the other side is the players union is pretty strong as well. Uh, both the players union and the league have attempted to flatten the curve, if you will, um, as it relates to the, you know, workers' compensation liabilities, because the collective bargaining agreement, first of all, it obviously requires that the clubs have workers' compensation insurance. But it also has other benefits, line of duty benefits, injury protection benefits. Those benefits are there in an effort to give some equality to players that are injured while playing in the National Football League who suffer the same type of injury and have the same 
result, if you will. However, they still don't account for differences in state law because the collective bargaining agreement cannot override a state statute. So California's workers' compensation laws are going to be interpreted under the state system. And although they may have to look to parts of the collective bargaining agreement and specifically the contracts, the collective bargaining agreement itself cannot contract away or, or resolve workers' compensation disputes um, without going through the state system. And so it's very, again, to your point, it, it can be extremely complicated to account for the variations between the different state rules, even though we have a collective bargaining agreement that is attempting to provide the same level of benefits to all of the players. So, Tim, you're you're really a thought leader in this particular issue. I know you've written and, and spoken extensively about it. Uh, I know you've got some thoughts on alternatives that might, um, you know, level the playing field a little more and uh, remove some of these inequities. What what are what are those thoughts, or what is what are the, those thoughts? Well, I think you know, and again, in order for the easiest way for me to think about it would be to say, you know, if 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 I were king, we're going to put this in the federal system, and we're going to have and the federal system is going to preempt all 50 states. It's such a unique, sports are such a unique employment. We, we truly are a interstate employer. You've got players who are from all different states that come in for, for, for your season and may reside in your state during the season and play your home games. So 50% of their work is performed in your home state. But the other 50% is, is performed somewhere else. And after the season ends, a lot of those players do go to wherever they live, whether, you know, if it's a California club here, you know, when the Chargers season is over, they're going to go to Texas, Florida, wherever they live. So although the states are attempting to and, and justifiably attempting to control their own state workers' compensation system as it relates to the employees in that state and the employers in that state, here we just have such a unique circumstance that it's really an interstate employer and rather than trying to juggle how to defend claims in Wisconsin at the same time as we're defending claims in California and how to comply with Wisconsin risk management protocols post-injury notices you know how to how to deal with treatment how to deal with what fee schedule applies to treatment? Is it the Wisconsin fee schedule? Is it the California fee schedule? You have claims in both states, you know, and so both states have their own rules regarding all of this. Um, California, the employers and the carriers out here have to pay for all the discovery. Wisconsin, the player has to pay for their medicals and, and they get reimbursed. Um, so all of these different challenges that, that, play out could be solved by simply putting this into a federal system and having that federal system be the one and exclusive system that governed all of professional athletes. And as a result, you're now able to risk manage better. All the players are getting equal benefits regardless of what state they reside in or what state they play in. And it just, it simplifies everything to, to ensure equality across both the player side and employer side across the league. Last question here on the Sherma pod, Tim. I see that Super Bowl uh, football behind your left shoulder there. I know you're a football fan. 
Uh, I know you work with lots of sports organizations. Um, is it hard to uh, enjoy a sports game when your head is full of all these issues like mine are uh, dealing with jurisdiction and, um, you know, compensation, or are you able to put that aside, put that aside and just enjoy a, just enjoy a game? I, I'm able to put it aside. I, I'm still a fan. I still enjoy watching sports. Um, I would say that my rooting interests have changed. You know, that, you know, obviously when you're a kid, you pick a team, you have a one team you follow and care about. And I think that that's probably the biggest change in my professional career is over time. I find myself, um, not, you know, and not so much rooting for one team over another team, uh, but rather, you know, I do, but I still enjoy watching. Uh, and in particular, I've, I've become much more of a college sports fan um, because it's a lot easier to have a rooting interest in college than it is uh, in, in either Major League Baseball or the NFL. Tim Peterson from Bober, Peterson & Kobe, bpkfirm.com. Very interesting topic. Please come back on the Summer Pod and update update us as this issue develops. I appreciate the time, Rich. Thanks for having me. Ideas, strategies, and opinions represented on this podcast are those of the speakers and do not represent the ideas, strategies, and opinions of their employers.